Hi, this is Joe Montana. This is Dak Prescott. Hey, this is Jason Kelsey, and you're listening to Rob Motti. Rob Motti. Rob Motti. I am Rob Motti, and welcome to the AP Pro Football Podcast. We have a special show featuring number one overall pick, Trevor Lawrence. I sat down with Trevor this week to talk about his first few weeks with the Jacksonville Jaguars, playing for Coach Urban Meyer, and his new teammate, Tim Tebow. So stay tuned for that conversation also, Jackson Dart, freshman quarterback at USC, who was the Gatorade National Football Player of the Year. He joins me and my AP colleague, Steve McGargy, who covers the Green Bay Packers. Steve will discuss Aaron Rodgers breaking his silence for the first time since reports came out that he wants out of Green Bay. We'll kick it off with Steve. Steve, Aaron Rodgers finally spoke up about his situation with the Green Bay Packers on ESPN with Kenny Mayne this week. What did you make of what Aaron Rodgers said in that conversation? Well, there weren't a whole lot of definitives in there. He never said that he wanted out. He never said he wanted to come back. He kind of left that all up in the air. What was interesting was he talked about, I love the coaching staff, love my teammates, love the fan base in Green Bay, loves Jordan. He didn't mention the front office. He didn't mention Brian Gutekunst, the general manager. And I think that it was pretty what was left unsaid was probably the most notable thing there. You guys were able to talk to some of the players. I, I know in your story you quoted uh, Adrian Amos and some of the other guys. Aaron Jones, he signed a, a four-year deal with the Packers before this became known or this story came out. How are they reacting? How are they handling the news about Aaron? They're saying publicly about what you'd expect them to say. I mean, Aaron Jones and Kenny Clark both said they didn't expect it to be a distraction. We'll see if that actually is the case or not. And I think all of them were asked what they thought would happen, whether they, how confident they were about Aaron Rodgers being back in Green Bay this fall. Adrian Amos expressed cautious optimism that Aaron, that Aaron Rodgers would be the quarterback for the start of the season. The other two kind of didn't really address it. But, I mean, they, they essentially said the things you would expect teammates to say at this point in the at this point in the offseason now the Packers have made it clear they are not interested in trading Aaron so how do you think this plays out in the coming weeks Aaron Rodgers isn't at OTAs this week that's not a surprise next month comes the mandatory mini camp and that will be it will be a little more interesting to see if he's not there for that and then obviously when training camp starts that's when it that's when it kind of might hurt him in the pocketbook a little bit more if He's not there at that point. And if he isn't there and start training camp, then you start to wonder, I mean, who's going to call the others bluff? And if Aaron Rodgers doesn't want to play at Green Bay and Green Bay doesn't want to trade him, is he willing to sit out a season at the age of 37? We'll see. When he says he loves Jordan, and I can understand that, he's, he's a young kid and he's not going to speak negatively of him, and it wasn't the pick that bothered him or that caused the relationship with the front office to deteriorate. Do you buy that? Well, the other part of that selection wasn't just that the Packers traded up to select a quarterback and maybe his potential successor rather than adding some more weapons for the offense. Mm -hmm. The other side of that was that Rodgers wasn't told about it beforehand. And that back in last year's draft, that first night of the draft, Brian Gutekunst acknowledged that he hadn't reached out to Aaron Rodgers yet about the pick. That was during the Zoom session announcing that announcing the selection of Jordan Love. Rodgers has acknowledged that he was caught by surprise when the pick was made. And during 
this year's draft, Brian Gutekunst acknowledged, while he didn't second-guess the decision to draft Jordan Love, he acknowledged that he could have handled the communication aspect of it better. And I don't know how much the decision not to notify Aaron Rodgers of the plans to draft Jordan Love, how much that's playing into this or not, but it's not, but we have to keep in mind, it's not just that they took another quarterback, it's Mm -hmm. that he wasn't told about it beforehand. And in the Packers' defense, I mean, they traded up, they had no idea, they didn't know exactly whether he was going to fall, whether the receivers they wanted weren't going to fall to that point in the first round, but you, but I think that's where the issue is, not just in the selection of the quarterback, but in the lack of notification or communication. Throughout the season, as he's having a phenomenal year, an MVP year, were there any hints of this? Did you sense at all that this could be heading to what may become an eventual divorce between Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers? Not so late in the season. I mean, I'm not. I'm new to this beat for one thing. The last season was my first season covering the team. But one thing that I did notice over the course of the season last year was how much, how complimentary he was of Matt Lafleur, mm. talking about how their relationship had developed. There had always been there had been some questions about that relationship when Lafleur first arrived, and Aaron Rodgers was very complimentary of Nathaniel Hackett, the offensive the offensive coordinator, and often praised both those guys. I don't remember him praising the front office of Brian Gutekunst very very often, though. So, and then when you started to wonder was, I think it was the week leading up to the NFC Championship game, he was asked about his future, and mm-hmm. that's when that quote that's continually been repeated since when he referred to the future as a beautiful mystery. And then <laughs> the Zoom session after the loss to Tampa Bay. He thanked the reporters afterward. It, 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 the whole thing seemed like a farewell. He had said he had talked about the uncertain futures of a lot of players on the team. Mm-hmm. Then he said, myself included, at the end. So there were a lot of questions there. It's worth noting there were a number of Packers who it looked like might be on their way out to the free agency and stuff like that. Jamal Williams did leave. Aaron, Ro- Aaron Jones stayed. So he could have been referring to a lot of things, but that myself included was kind of cryptic. But after that, he was on the Pat McAfee show where he had a, a weekly spot. A weekly spot, yeah. and he talked about how he he didn't see why he wouldn't be back this season. After that, Brian Gutekunst and Matt Lafleur had a Zoom session where they talked about him being the quarterback in 2021 and beyond. So you thought maybe things were being smoothed over, but the restructuring of a contract or any commitment that he would be the quarterback beyond 2021. He just never saw that in the ensuing months. And then finally the shoe dropped on draft night. Well, as far as the contract and the situation with that is, he is under contract for a couple more. It's three more years, right? Three more years. Three more years. Three more years. The the way it is currently structured, the Packers could conveniently part ways with him after the 2021 season clear the way for Jordan Love to be the starting quarterback if that's what they wanted to do. Again, they have frequently said since during this offseason they're committed to Aaron Rodgers in 2021 and beyond. There was never any movement on the contract to kind of show that commitment. Is that the doing of the Packers, the doing of Aaron Rodgers? We don't know. 
as we head closer and closer towards training camp, and and here we are in in late May, the window to trade Aaron Rodgers, it's not as if there wouldn't be suitors lined up for one of the greatest quarterbacks in NFL history, but it would just appear to me that the window is going to be narrow because the draft occurred, teams went out there and invested heavily into trading up or drafting quarterbacks early in the first round. So you would take them out of the equation. When you look at it, Denver would seem to be an obvious fit. Who else do you think? Is it Denver that stands out to you the most? That's the one that stands out. I mean, they're the one They're one team that seems to be a quarterback away from being mm-hmm. a real possible contender. They they have Bridgewater, they have Drew Locke, they could include one of those guys in the deal, and the Packers would have a stopgap quarterback solution if Jordan Love isn't quite ready yet. They have the, there are other strengths, players the Broncos could offer that could make an appealing package, but I think that it's most notable because they're the team that seems a quarterback away. You've heard about the Raiders. You've, yeah. There have been stories speculating the Raiders, maybe. I'm not sure they're a quarterback away from being a real contender. So frankly, even with Denver, you're still stuck in the same division as Patrick Mahomes. I don't think he's going to, I don't think Aaron Rodgers is going to have a better chance to win a Super Bowl this year anywhere other than Green Bay. What do you think the cost for Aaron Rodgers would be? I I would have to assume it starts at three first round picks plus. I'm not sure about three. I think at least two first Mm -hmm. round picks plus. And then do you, is an established player included in that deal? Do you include a a stopgap quarterback as kind of a throw-in. But I, I would certainly think it's multiple first-round picks. But you just wonder, how would a package for Aaron Rodgers compare to a package for Matthew Stafford? Rodgers unquestionably is a better quarterback, but the time, if you make a deal now versus so much earlier in the offseason with Stafford or the age difference between yeah. Stafford and Rodgers, you wonder. And just how many, again, what you had mentioned earlier, how many teams would actually be involved in would there, would there be any kind of bidding war to develop? When we see that Tom Brady's having tremendous success into his early 40s, have you sensed in the year that you've covered the Packers and Rodgers that that's something that motivates him, that that may be something that he looks at? Has he talked about wanting to play into his 40s and beyond? He has. In fact, the first time he spoke to reporters after the selection of Jordan Love, that was the thing he said was that, a he was surprised. A he was surprised about the selection, and it was complicating his what at the time were his hopes of being able to play his entire career in one spot. And he had mentioned during that conference, I believe, that he wanted to play into his forties. Last question for you, Steve: How are the Packer fans handling this? It's tough to tell. I mean, obviously, you're just kind of monitoring talk radio and Twitter and whether that represents the typical Packers fan or just the uh, most devoted, who knows. But, I mean, it's, kind of, it's pretty split in that regard. There are some who think this is just another indication that Packers haven't done enough to, while the Packers have continued to win around Aaron Rodgers, they've only won the one, one championship. Maybe they haven't done more to supply weapons for him, et cetera, et cetera. And there are others who think, or I got kind of fed up just because, when they hear their favorite player or their longtime quarterback wants to play somewhere other than Green Bay. And Green Bay, clearly, if you put Aaron Rodgers on that roster, I mean, that's a, it's certainly a Super Bowl contender. A lot of Packers fans would argue 
they were an, in, an injury at left tackle away from going to the Super Bowl this past year. Well, it's not like Packer fans haven't been through this before with Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers. So uh, it, it, exactly. it is a situation that they, they, they've, they've certainly very familiar with. Steve, thank you so much, man. Appreciate you uh, jumping in here on the, uh, the podcast, and uh, I'm sure we'll talk again soon. Thank you. Trevor Lawrence led Clemson to a national championship victory over Alabama as a true freshman. He was runner-up to Devontae Smith for the Heisman Trophy as a junior last season. Trevor was selected number one overall by the Jacksonville Jaguars in the NFL draft last month. He took a few minutes this week to surprise Jackson Dart on a Zoom call to tell him he's the Gatorade National Football Player of the Year. I sat down with Trevor afterward. Here is my conversation with Jaguars quarterback Trevor Lawrence. First thing I got to ask you, man, is the Jaguars called you, I believe it was three times on draft night before they finally got you. What was going on? I don't know, honestly. Um, everyone's been asking me. I think everyone thinks I was hanging up on them, but I didn't. <laughs> I, you know, I don't even get the calls unless I'm not remembering correctly. But where I live in Clemson has terrible service, so that was probably part of it. What's it been like these first couple of weeks for you with the Jaguars getting out there on the field and off-season workouts with your teammates? It's been great. Um, I think it's 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 always cool and, and different starting a new journey with a new team you know new teammates coaches uh staff all those things kind of getting to know everyone it's like for it kind of felt like first day of school when you're coming in on the first day so um that's been that's been fun and everyone here has just been welcoming all the rookies with with open arms so it's been great uh, it's been kind of as smooth as you could ask for and it's just been nice being able to get there with all the veterans and, and get some work in this period where None of the guys have to be out there, and we have almost 100% attendance every day. So it just shows kind of where this team's at and and what we want um, moving forward. So I really like the energy that's here right now and really just excited to be a part of it. You had a ton of success, obviously, at Clemson. You're joining a team, Trevor, that hasn't won much in recent years. How do you try to bring a winning culture and balance being a rookie, even with those expectations of a first-round pick? Yeah, I think it's just, you know, keep being myself. That's been my, you know, my message to myself for the past few years, no matter what changes or what, what people are saying, regardless of that, just to keep being myself. And that's the same plan going forward. And I think that, you know, the Jacksonville Jaguars drafted me for a reason. And that's just to be myself and to do what I've done in the past and take that on to the next level. So um, that's my mindset. My expectation is to, to keep winning. You know, they didn't bring me in to expect to lose. So um, even though we haven't had that much success in the past, uh, this is a new year. This is a new team and really a new mindset, I think, with the coaching staff and what they're what they're bringing in. Um, but, yeah, I think that's that's the biggest thing is just to continue being myself. And obviously I'm going to put the work in and I'm going to earn it. And I'm going to be prepared. But overall, just keep being me. Well, Urban Meyer is a big part of trying to turn those everything around over there. What are you most excited about playing for him? He's awesome. Um, definitely a player's coach. You know, he, what I love is, you know, the expectations are very clear. Uh, there's no misconstruing anything. We know what's expected of us. And but he takes care of us, too. You know, he knows how to he knows how to coach a football team. He knows how to win. And I think with any great leader, um, especially a coach, you got to have someone where communication is super detailed and precise. And 
he's definitely that way. Everyone's on the same page. And I just like uh, the energy that he's bringing in here and that we're, we're expecting to win this year. We don't have a five-year plan. This isn't let's get a little bit better and then eventually we'll win. It's, let's win as soon as we can. Let's win now. You have a very familiar face with you in Jacksonville, Travis Etienne. How, how comfortable has he looked, Trevor, at wide receiver? He's looked great. Uh, he's been working a little bit more, um, running back, kind of going back and forth. So okay. in a mix of both. Um, he's doing a great job. Obviously, everything's new. We're both learning a new system. So just adjusting with that, trying to help as much as I can. But we're both trying to learn it still. So a little, you know, there's obviously a learning curve. But I think he's doing a great job. He's shown some flashes. Obviously, he can he can fly. He's got good hands. And just going to keep working, getting smoother out there, running routes. And uh, I think the sky's the limit for what he can bring to the table. I'm sure everyone's asking you what Tim Tebow's look like at tight end. What have you seen out of him? He looks good. He looks great. Uh, he was in here last week for the first time, I believe, on Wednesday or Thursday. Um, he's gotten a few practices with us. And he looks great. You can tell he's just a guy that you want to be around. Character is awesome. Just had a few conversations with him, and I can already tell. Um, and then just a hard worker. You know, no one's going to work harder than him. And those are the kind of guys you want in your locker room and that you want to be around every day. So, um, and then I'm excited to see what he does on the field as well. We've got a few days, and he looks great. He's in, he's in awesome shape. What did you think when you first found out? that he was coming to the Jags. Did you think about all those intangibles that he brings? Uh, I know you both are men of strong faith uh, and how much maybe that could be something that you guys could bond over. Yeah, you know, I was just, I've kind of been in my own little bubble here just trying to go to work and um, just trying to get ready, honestly, get prepared and learn everything. So I haven't been paying it too much attention. Obviously I'd heard about it and I had never met Tim until last week. So I didn't really know him, but I was intrigued by, like you said, um, his character, his work ethic, and kind of what he's been able to do through his life on the field, off the field. All those things are, are really interesting. So I was excited to meet him. And uh, now, and then when it was official, you know, I saw him in the locker room and had a few good conversations, and I really like him. Tell me a little bit about what you're doing now with Gatorade Player of the Year program. Yeah. So today I was fortunate enough uh, to present the. 2021 Gatorade Football National Player of the Year to Jackson Dart out of Utah. So that was really cool. I got to surprise him on Zoom with the award and, and talk to him for a few minutes. And uh, it's just, you know, the most prestigious high school sports award. And it's really special to be a part of that. Um, I, I love how it, you know, is, is three things involved in that. It's obviously what you do on the field, your performance. It's what you do in the classroom and in your community. And I think that's a super cool thing for an award that prestigious to make all those things just as important as the other one. So uh, it's a, it's a really cool thing for Jackson to receive, but for me to even be a part of uh, presenting it to him. What's it like for you to be involved with Gatorade as, as a young athlete, I'm sure you grew up and you, know, you see Gatorade showers out there on the field. I don't know if they ever dumped it on your head or if you've been ever involved in doing that with a coach, but just to have an involvement with Gatorade now as you uh, become an NFL player. It's awesome. Uh, one thing that I've wanted to do as I've kind of started, you know, marketing and partnering with different brands and companies, I want to surround myself with the best, the best people, the best of what they do, just the best all around. And Gatorade is a perfect example of that. Uh, not only <laughs> their product is the best, but the people that I've had the chance to work with have been amazing and have made it, have made it fun to, to do, to, to work with them. So it's been great. 
and just really excited for the future. How's your shoulder doing? Uh, I, I know you, you've been out there, you've been playing. Are you, are you able to let, it, let go a little bit more and do more each, each day? Yeah, I'm getting there. You know, every week we're making some adjustments and progressing forward. And we have a great plan here, um, being, being cautious, but also getting back in the swing of normal, doing normal things at practice. And I feel like I'm pretty far along. I, I don't want to give like a certain percentage, but I feel like I'm doing really well. Um, it doesn't bother me at all. Honestly, I'm a little limited on weight that I can do with my left shoulder. Uh, but other than that, movement wise, I got full range of motion and it's, it's feeling really good. So we're, we're making all the steps in the right direction. Well, it's been an incredible couple months for you, right? You get married, you drafted number one overall. My wife and I just celebrated nine years of marriage. And I know people give you all kinds of advice. What's, what's it been like for about six weeks or however long it's been now for you? It's been great. Honestly. Yeah. It's been, it's been awesome. It's been busy. I think that's uh, not typical for most like new marriages usually get some time to have, to have yourself, but uh, it's been awesome. Marissa, my wife is, is amazing. I think just having her by my side helps so much and all the things that I have to deal with and that we have to deal with. She's, she carries it all well. So um, I've been proud of kind of how she's handled it because it's not easy for her, you know, working long hours, gone a lot, and she's awesome. So it's been going great. Thanks for asking, man. Jackson Dart was the Gatorade National Football Player of the Year at Corner Canyon High in Draper, Utah. He graduated high school a semester early and has already enrolled at USC for the spring semester. Dart is expected to compete for the backup quarterback spot as a true freshman. He was 7 for 13 for 99 yards, one touchdown, and one interception in a spring game. Here is my chat with Jackson Dart. Hey, Jackson, welcome to the podcast. What was it like for you to win the Gatorade National Football Player of the Year Award? Yeah, it's it's unreal. I was so shocked when when I was announced it and being able to talk to, you know, Trevor Lawrence was the guy who was able to give me the award, which was incredible. I've been watching him for a while now. So, yeah, it still feels also real, and I'm just extremely honored to be in the same category as many greats. What went through your mind when Trevor is surprising you with that news and announcing you and, and, and telling you you're the winner? You know, it didn't really feel real. <laughs> um, Trevor is such a, you know, a great player and has done so many great things um, and has been somebody that I've looked up to a ton with watching his game progress. So being, hit, being able to have him, you know, present it to me was just incredible. Where are you now? Are you in school or are you at USC? Yeah, so we have a little bit of a break at USC. I came back home to Utah for graduation. So I'm I'm in uh, in Draper, Utah right now. Well, I know a lot of people are excited about your spring game. You had a pretty impressive performance. What was that like? It was it was incredible being able to play at the Coliseum. Unfortunately, I was never able to go on a visit or watch a game at USC before. You know, just knowing of the rich tradition that it has, being able to play at USC and um, just the elite program, elite people, and the Coliseum. It was just an incredible experience, and uh, I loved every second of being out there. How different of an experience was that? Well, I guess you don't know anything else going to because other younger you know, recruits are going to be able to go to schools and visit them and everything else. You had to do it through the COVID era. So what was the biggest reason? What was the biggest factor in choosing USC? Yeah, so like you said, I was never able to go on any visits 
uh, during COVID. And in fact, I was never able to go on a visit before COVID. Uh, so it seemed like it just made everything more difficult for me to make a decision. But I was able to make great relationships with many different coaches virtually. And I think just the biggest thing that stood out for me at USC was the tradition that it has of um, quarterbacks being able to succeed and make it to the NFL and the coaching staff and all the great um, you know, people that it has there that I was able to make relationships with. And I thought that it just gave me the best opportunity to excel on the on football and outside of football with a great education. And yeah, of course. And then of course the offense slings the rock. So I love that. <laughs> Jackson, who are some of the QBs that you admire most or maybe even model your game after? Yeah, I would say a big one has for sure been Patrick Mahomes and obviously Tom Brady and the greats like that. Um, Zach Wilson's a big one too. Cause he's, you know, he's, He's a close family friend to ours. And uh, yeah, I would say those are some three guys that I've really been able to watch and try to, you know, pick apart because they're all they're all different in their skill sets. So I love watching all three of those and trying to model my game after them. What are your expectations as you enter as a freshman? Do you do you have any uh, hopes of, of playing at any time? Are you redshirting? Do you know what the plans are for you yet? Um, I'm not sure what the plans are. Uh, there hasn't really been any discussion of that, but just for myself individually, just being able to progress as a quarterback and put myself in the best situations to, you know, if there's an opportunity that I can take fully advantage of on the field that, you know, I'm going to take it. And, um, yeah, I'm just going to try to put myself in the best situation so that when my number is called, I'm, I'm going to be able to succeed. Growing up in Utah, who's, who do you root for? What teams in the, in the NFL? Oh, in the NFL, um, I never really had like a like an NFL team. I was more of like a players guy. Okay. I would say recently I was I was a Browns fan. You know, that was a hard decision because I made it because at the time they weren't, you know, one of the best teams in the league. And I wanted to choose a team so that when they got really good, I could say that I was at them when they're at their lowest. <laughs> so I'm a Browns fan right now. How cool is it to, to get a Gatorade award, like to just have your name affiliated with Gatorade? Like, I mean, even when I'm older than you and I grew up and like Gatorade is, you know, we see the commercials and I go back to Michael Jordan commercials and, and like all that stuff. Like, how, how cool is that? It's it's incredible. It's I, I can't really put words into it. Um, like like I've said, it, it really doesn't feel real that, you know, I've, I've won this and um, I'm in the conversation with so many greats. So I would just say, yeah, it hasn't really set in yet. <laughs> well, Jackson, thank you so much for taking a few minutes. Congratulations again and look forward to seeing your career at USC and, and hopefully beyond. Awesome. Thank you so much, Rob. For some final thoughts, former NFL player and assistant coach Eugene Chung says he was told in an interview this offseason with an NFL team that he is not the right minority 
for that club to hire. The league said it's looking into the matter, and they should. There can't be a place in the NFL or any business for discrimination. Unfortunately, there still is. That's it for this week. Thank you to Trevor Lawrence, Jackson Dart, and Steve McGargy. Please be sure to download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen to your pods. Share, review, tell a friend. Until next week, I'm Rob Motti reminding you, make a difference. Be a blessing.